Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today, I will be chatting with Eric Winters all the way from Australia. He is a man on a mission. He has a lot of things going for him, and I brought him on today so he could share who he is, how he got to where he is now, and just help you get to your next level. So we're going to welcome Eric, and he's going to tell us who he is because he can tell his story far better than I can. Welcome, Eric. <laughs> Genesis, hello, and welcome from sunny Sydney, Australia. I'm calling from your future because it's July the 2nd here, and I'm, I guess you're back in July the 1st. But you can look forward to the second. It's a it's a great day, and it's it's coming your way shortly. <laughs> I love that. I love that positivity <laughs> there. So it's like whoo! It's like I hopped in a time machine. <laughs> yes, yes. So who is Eric Winters? Well, I am a, a self leadership coach, a a black belt hand washer, and <laughs> I'm the author of Swipe Right on Your Best Self. Simple Steps to a Bolder Life with Fewer Regrets. And I didn't always... Are you going to say something there, Genesis? No, no, I, <laughs> I'm taking this all in. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, will, I will confess, the black belt, I've self-awarded myself that for the, the hand-washing. I never knew there was so much to hand-washing, but uh, we've be, all become, I think, very proficient uh, spending all that time cleaning between the nails and around the wrists. But that's not what I spend much of my time doing. The, the, the bulk of my time is spent helping people in mostly in workplaces, uh, leaders uh, at all levels of organizations to live with greater courage, to develop the capacity to reach for more of what's personally meaningful in their professional lives to apply for those jobs when they can take them closer towards the, uh, the destination they'd like to be in, to have the courage to admit when they don't know what they're doing, to have the courage to ask for help when they need it, the courage to admit mistakes, and the courage to challenge inappropriate workplace behaviours. You know, it, it takes courage to say, no, no, that, that, that's not okay. And people are getting better at that over time. But this capacity to do what's important but challenging is a skill. And it's a skill we can all develop. And that's what I love helping people, uh, predominantly in the workplaces, develop their courage. And I love that. And that's why I'm going to call this segment finding your courage with Eric Winters because he's been through it y'all and he's lived lived through it he's doing it so obviously he's doing something right to help people find out what is that voice inside of me that is not verbalizing outwards how can I show up and be authentic without feeling any remorse how can I go from the bottom to the top, from left to right? How can I ignite the courage of who I am and be present in the now as well in the future? So, Eric, 
I want you to hold up your book again because mm. I just love that title. Yes. So, <laughs> swipe right on your best self. How did you come up with that title? And was there an experience that led you to feel like, you know what, I've had enough. Like, I just have to swipe right. Yes, yes, there was. So I came up with the title, and many of your listeners will know that not very long ago, a new app emerged, a dating app called Tinder. And what yes. Tinder, yes. And, you know, I read the other day, uh, Genesis, that 30% of couples now met their partners through some online app or other. 30%. It's just shooting up. So it's become quite common. So a lot of people will know in many of these dating apps, you're presented with one profile after another. It's a bit like a sushi train. Do you have those sushi trains in, in the US where you go into a sort of Japanese restaurant and there are little plates that come around on a conveyor belt? Yes, we only yeah. have one of them in my area because I'm in Houston, Texas. And it was so cool because I've never seen sushi come on a conveyor belt. And I was like, oh, this is quick. I don't have to put my order in. I don't have to wait for them to bring it to me. I It just comes around. I pick what I want. The plates are colorful. And then at the end, they charge me based on the plates. <laughs> yes, it's a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. And the thing is, you don't have to eat every, every plate that comes. You make a choice, don't you? You look at what's on the plate and you make a decision. Do I want to swipe this plate, take it, or do I want to let it pass, let it roll on past? And these dating apps are kind of the same thing. You're presented not with a piece of sushi, but with, with, with a person, a human being. And you look at that person, you look at the face, you read a little bit about them, and you make a decision. Is this someone that I'd like to spend some time with? And if it is, you swipe right. You're choosing yes. And if it's not, you swipe left and let them go. So I've named my book Swipe Right on Your Best Self. Because we might put a lot of time and effort into thinking about who we want to be with in life. You know, who we want to partner with, who we want to be our boyfriends and girlfriends, husbands and wives. But we don't spend as much time thinking about ourselves and we're going to be with ourselves for a lot longer for every waking minute of our life and actually the kind of people that we show up as the qualities that we manifest and live they are a choice we all get to choose every minute that arrives in our lives has never happened before they are all fresh and swollen with potential we get to choose what kind of people, what kind of qualities we'd like to demonstrate. It could be patience. It could be caring. It could be determination. It could be uh, compassionate. I don't know. But we all get to choose. And that's why I named my book Swipe Right on Your Best Self. And that's so important because we are our biggest assets and the way we see ourselves takes courage. Having positive self-talk, courage. Having positive self-talk, courage. Going out, facing your fears, it takes courage. Going out and doing something that you've never thought about doing, stepping outside of your comfort zone, takes courage 
in the workplace, it takes courage whenever you go to a new job because nobody knows you. You're there and you're trying to make an impression because some people say first impressions are lasting impressions. But, you know, even though they say that, you can always change how someone perceives you over time. And that takes courage because sometimes people don't even get to know you. They just automatically make assumptions based on preconceived judgments, notions, and unconscious biases. So in your line of work, Eric, whenever you teach leaders about courage, how do you go about educating them about the courage? And do you implement diversity, equity, and inclusion? Because that's so important, important as well as equality, because I would be remiss if I don't see, say equity plus equality to make up E squared, because it's all encompassed in D, E, and I. Mm, yes, isn't it just... So when I talk to leaders, what I do, first of all, is I help them to work out for themselves what they are going to care about. What are their personal values? And this, this is actually quite a bit of work. We all like to think that we already know what we care about, but we've all been soaked in a culture that is telling us what we ought to care about. That if you're a woman of a certain age from a certain background, well, here's how we expect you to behave. This is what we expect you to aspire to. Or the same thing goes for men of different parts of the world. There are expectations placed on us by our societies. Values are given to us. But if we surrender our autonomy to choose how we're going to be, we'll just end up living somebody else's idea of a rewarding life. And you know what you might luck in? It might be that the culture that you're in actually has your best interests at heart. But I can tell you here in Australia, the overwhelming culture is one of consumerism. And the messaging we get is, oh, you've, you've, if, if you're going to be happy, well, you better be very attractive continually, continually attractive. You need to be extraordinarily popular. You must have phenomenal amounts of wealth. And what's more is you need to be more wealthy than everyone, more popular than everyone, and more attractive than everyone. Now, you can see quite quickly that that's a doomed strategy. There's yes it's very superficial and all oh. the superficial things and external factors weigh you down as a person because of societal norms and it takes away your individuality totally totally and we we all run the risk if we we're not intentional we don't decide for ourselves we'll end up pleasing others and living the lives that others expect of us and getting to the end of our journey and thinking oh, I wish I, I wish I'd been a bit more a bit bolder and in fact a, a palliative care nurse here in Australia a lady who took care of people in their last few weeks and months of life she wrote a book and it was about the top regrets of the dying and she what she was hearing again and again from people is the number one regret the most common regret from people was this I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. 
Wow, that is so profound. Can you say that again? Yes, I want it to worth, resonate. Yeah, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. Wow, that just resonates because it's so true. And it goes back when you ask yourself, who am I? Like, who is Eric? Who is Genesis? And your who am I is contingent to you based on your individuality, not based on what your mother or father depict, not based on your brothers or your sisters, your colleagues, your friends. No, it's about you. And there's only one you. So embrace your uniqueness. And that takes courage. It really does. It does. It does. Charting your own path through life, being willing to be different, to truly be yourself in a society that actually applauds conformism. You know, it really celebrates obedience. Wearing <laughs> it does. It does. It takes courage to chart your own path. But it's it's so important that we that we do that that we take the time out to think about, yeah, what really matters. We hear again and again that people from time to time, people get very sick and they go to the doctor and they discover that actually they've only got so much longer. Maybe it could be months or it might be a year or two. These people very, very often, they completely reevaluate their lives. They say, okay, I've only got so much time. What really matters? Do I want to carry on living the way that I have been? And they reprioritize. They take the time out. They feel the sense of urgency and they do the work and they reprioritize what matters and they live in alignment with what truly matters. And you'll hear people with terminal diagnoses saying, actually, I've never lived as much. I've never had so much meaning and purpose in my life since I got the diagnosis. It's catapulted me into purposeful living. You and I, Genesis, don't have to wait for a terminal diagnosis for us to pause and reevaluate what matters to us. It's not necessary to, to wait. We can do it now. And that's one thing that we're doing now by we're getting on these platforms, we're sharing our stories, we're helping other people, because you may not know the people that you help, but as long as you reach one life, you're touching one soul, you don't know who that person is going to go on and reach and touch, and it becomes a domino effect, because we were courageous enough to have bold, honest, conversations with people who aren't like us, people across the seas, people who are willing to sit down and have a dialogue. And all it starts with is just asking a question, reaching out and getting outside of your head to say, I want to have a conversation with this person. And you never know the impact that that person has on you as well as you have on them, and you see the exchange there. And it should be mutually beneficial. We should get out of this with a method, which is what's in it for me. And Uh think about what's in it for we, because 
we can't really expect to learn and grow if we're not allowing ourselves to embrace newness. Would you agree, Eric? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the point you're making there about our even small interactions that we have with other people can have profound consequences. And you mentioned that domino effect. We underestimate, all of us, I think, just how influential we always are. You cannot not influence another person when you're in their vicinity even. We are always influencing them. Even if we just look at them with respect and a nod and a smile, that is, can be contagious. A friendly exchange, the briefest friendly exchange, making eye contact with another human being and a quick smile, that can just lift up that person and then they will, might smile at three other people who might smile at nine other people. You could initiate a tsunami of mutual respect, collaboration, and well-being simply through those small uh, interactions, courteous interactions, or even or more, even talking more and finding out more about each other. We are influential beings, and we should respect that and leverage it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes and yes and yes because <laughs> sometimes it's like those small acts of kindness that go unnoticed because people don't you know they don't get all the praises or accolades for it but it's not about that it should be about that genuine connection and Eric like you know, you have an incredible background. We talked before um, during a pre-chat and you mentioned all the degrees that you have and the incredible things that you do behind the scenes that our listeners and viewers may not know. Would you like to share any of that? Because that is definitely a part of who you are and I think it would do justice so we could really unpack because just like I'm learning more about who Eric Winters is, I want our audience to know who you are. Mm, yeah, certainly. Well, I, I used to work before working in the area of self-leadership and leadership development. I used to work in the world of IT, computers, and I was a consultant and I had the, the pleasure of working for many years in Scotland. I worked in the Middle East, in Abu Dhabi. I worked in Germany for in Munich for three years, and I've worked in Australia. And these were very high pressure situations. There, was, there were often crises. Of the, you think your computer crashes now and again. Well, they, they're crashing all the time in big organizations, having a lot of problems. And when these servers stop working, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of pressure to fix it quickly. Yes, very much so. They're like, my computer, I need it now and fast. And it's like the building is on fire. <laughs> well, sometimes it's small computers, it's personal computers, yes. But other times it's bigger systems. So we've got an airline here based in Australia, Qantas, Australian airline. Its ticketing system sits on a computer. And when that ticketing system stops working, I can tell you a lot of phones start ringing. There's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of uh, angry voices and shouting going on. 
And I noticed it didn't matter where I was in the world or what culture I was working in. It didn't matter how, what I was seeing was that they were, they were consistently very talented, intelligent, experienced leaders. And when challenges happened, some of these leaders would step up, they'd get the best out of themselves under pressure and elicit the best from their teams. It was wonderful to work, even while the phones were all ringing and people were shouting. They could keep their heads and be really effective problem solvers. And there were other leaders who were just as intelligent, just as experienced, just as technically talented. But when the challenges hit, they would, to some degree, become anxious and lose it. It was contaminating. They would contaminate their teams. They couldn't get the best out of themselves. They actually depleted the performance of the people that worked with them. And I wanted to know what makes the difference. And it turns out there's a huge body of knowledge around human performance and human behavior. A lot of research has gone into what are the circumstances, the external circumstances in a workplace that help us to work well together, to collaborate, even when the challenges are on. And also not just what can we do in the external world, what strategies can we use internally in our minds? How can we better manage our minds when challenged so that we can still be effective and do what matters most? And uh, I immersed myself in two master's degrees on this topic. And it's just fascinating. There's so much, Genesis, that we can do to manage ourselves, help ourselves to be courageous when challenged. And it's that knowledge that I gleaned during that period. And I've also learned through my training over the last 12 years that I've put into my book. I've taken the, the most impactful ideas from all that study in my experience and put it into a really small book. I wanted to write something that would not be daunting that would not be heavy, people wouldn't have to struggle with. There's short chapters. There are no surplus words. It's my promise to you. No surplus words. I'm exhausted by books that have one core idea and then thousands of pages of padding. It's like bubble wrap words that are all covering the core idea. And you've got to pop your way through all these words before you finally get to this nugget. Oh yeah, that's great, there's the nugget. This is padding free and it's just nuggets. I've just written a small book of nuggets to save your time. And that's so great because, you know, the experiences that we learn, the trials and tribulations that we go through, and those work situations actually do happen to us, but for us, and they redefine who we are. And as we are going through the redefining process, the recalibrate, the restructure, and we are becoming a better version of ourselves, you start to see gems rise to the top 
of the surface. And now we're at our personal tip of the iceberg because we're discovering things that we would not have discovered if we didn't go through it. So what would you say to somebody, Eric, who is struggling to really find out who they are and they're looking all around, but they're failing to really just cut off the distractions, put their phone down, tell their family, no, not right now. I need 30 minutes to an hour to just be by myself. And whether they need to journal, meditate, go for a jog or run, and just really get in that oneness with themselves. How would you coach that person? Mm. And it's, it's such a good question because it's the first thing we need to do really is work out, okay, what does matter to me? What do I care about? But before we can do that, we've got to be in a state in which we're able to ask that question of ourselves and answer it well. We've got to be in a, in a, a helpful, creative state. And so I'd say before, even before we start working on that, we've got to attend to a number of things. And the first thing is quite boring, but it's our physiology. We've got to, three things we need to attend to, and I call, talk about it as getting fit for purpose. We've got to get fit for purposeful living. And we know these things, but we don't always do them. The first one is we've got to get good sleep. We cannot think courageously. We cannot author our own lives when we're sleep deprived. It's just not humanly possible. All of us are more reactive and fearful and more timid when we haven't had quality sleep. And it's not just duration, it's quality. So one, get, a, get not just one good night's sleep, make this a prioritization in, in life. Make this an ongoing thing. Take care of your sleep. You can't live courageously without good sleep. Two, again, it's a little bit boring, but it's eat well. It turns out the foods we eat either embolden our minds or deplete us. And we, it's, we, we, we hear this a lot. Well, you've got to eat more vegetables and drink, eat less sugar. But it's true. And it's not just about nutrition. It changes our minds. And we now know that the food we eat doesn't just change our minds. It changes our gut health, our gut health. And that matters because it turns out that all of the, the gut flora, they call it, the ecosystem that lives within our gut, it changes our moods. It's an astonishing idea. And if we give that food, that gut life too much sugar, it will deplete our mood. And it's the gut life that actually sends messages to make us feel more depressed, more hopeless. And there's no way we can courageously craft our own life if we're feeling hopeless, we'll have very small dreams, very small dreams. So one, sleep well, two, eat well. <laughs> and the third one is we also need to move in our life. It turns out that when we move, just walking, if you could get up a bit of a pace, maybe walk at, at a brisk pace, perhaps go for a cycle. It turns out we release into our blood chemicals that give us hope they're called myokines and researchers call them the hope molecules so you actually become emboldened and more hopeful 
more positive when you move. And we're not talking about marathons. We don't have to go out exhausting ourselves, simply going around the block, walking in the park. If you could get your pulse elevated, more of these hope molecules are released into the bloodstream. So the first thing I tell people is we've got to attend to your sleep. We've got to eat well and we've got to move. And that gets people fit for purpose. I love those tips because it's so, so true. And people fail to realize it or recognize it until it's too late. And, you know, I have been guilty of that before because it's like we try to be superwoman or superman and we try to do so much stuff for everybody and everything that we fail to take care of ourselves until we have the aches, the pains, we feel lethargic and all of that stuff. Then something pops on in our heads like, alert, alert, alert. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. But when in reality, if you were just listening to your body and really be intentional with how your body was reacting, because the way your body reacts is an indication that your body is trying to alert you that something is off and out of balance. And those are really good tips because I want our listeners to know Be productive with your day. Whenever it's time for you to power down and go to bed, one thing that you could do is put your phone on do not disturb so it won't beep, buzz, ring, or anything like that. Then eating well. Yes, you know, sometimes eating well costs more depending on where you live, but sometimes you have to sacrifice in order to make sure that you're sustaining your body. Because at the end of the day, your body is your temple. And if you don't take care of your body, like you take care of your vehicle, then how are you going to have that optimal and longevity that you desire? And then you mentioned moving. And you have whenever you move, don't see it as a chore. See it as something that you enjoy. If you like to run, run. If you like to cycle, cycle. If you want to dance, do Zumba or whatever. Mm. Zumba or just do something (laughs) fun. And that is what I am going to do today. After this recording, I'm going to our Zumba class because... It's something different. It's something fun. And you have people in the class that motivate you and you do life together. I like that. Doing life together. Yes. What a great idea. Yeah. We need to weave movement into every day and dial up that nutritious eating. And you, you can spend a lot of money, but you can also spend a little money. You know, things like lentils and legumes. There's an awful lot of vegetables and vegetarian stuff, which actually is very affordable. I love dal. Can I tell you that? I'll just share that with you. It's this Indian dish made with lentils. Oh, and the spices. I just adore Indian spices. Such rich flavor. Like curry, mung beans, all that. Yes. Turmeric. Coriander, cumin, garam masala. Uh, Yes, all of the above, Genesis. Add it in 
big spoonfuls, please, to my my dish. I love that. So, yeah, we've got to attend to the, the basics. We've got to get fit for purpose. And too often, I think people say, oh, yeah, I've got to I've got to re-engineer my life. And they're tired and they haven't they're eating badly and they, they're not doing any exercise and they, they're getting self-help books and they're trying to work through the exercises. But they're just not in an optimal state. They can engage with the material to a degree, but your thinking when you're in a good state is expansive. You can see possibilities that you can never see when you're tired, depleted and weary. So number one, take care of the physiology. Move, get to that Zumba class. So Eric, oh, wow. All I could say is you are definitely a wealth of knowledge because you've dropped so many gems here today within this segment that it's uncanny. So I could only imagine what an hour conversation would look like with you or a coaching call. And I want you to tell, you know, the listeners some last words, as well as how they could personally reach out to you and connect, whether they want to book you for a speaking engagement, they want you to be a mentor and just share where you hang out on social media and all that good stuff. Thanks very much. What I'll just do before I tell you where you can find me is I'd like to share one little exercise this is the most potent exercise for improving your well-being in your life. And I call it the ultimate gratitude exercise, the ultimate gratitude exercise. And it's this. Now, you'll know perhaps that people say, oh, you've got to smell the roses, you know, enjoy, savor the food you're eating and all the rest. Yes. And this is all good advice. Take it in. Don't let it pass you by. This is good advice. It's good advice. But I've got a way of dialing that up, putting that on steroids, giving it rocket power. And it's this. The truth is that everything we do in our life, at some point, we will do for the last time. Yeah. Everything. Everything. Could be a bar of chocolate. You'll have a bar of chocolate for the last time at some point. A cup of coffee. Eat at a restaurant that closes. But these things are happening already. We are walking down streets that we will never walk down again. There are people we've seen that we will not see again. There are countries we visited that perhaps we will never revisit. Books we've read that we've never, that we will never read again. I grew up with dial telephones. You put your finger in the, the rotary dial. Yes, round it goes. And at some point, I must have done that for the last time. I didn't know. I didn't know at the time, but it was the last time I'd ever do it. So here is the exercise. It's at certain points in your day, to, when you're doing anything, imagine you're doing it for the last time. So let's say you're having a coffee. Do you drink coffee, Genesis? Do you enjoy a coffee or a cup of tea? I do. I like coffee and tea. <laughs> right. I, yeah, me too. Me too. I love them both. So next time you have a coffee... Just imagine, and it's just a thought experiment. For some reason, perhaps the coffee crops have vanished in, on the planet. This is the last coffee. You will never have another coffee in your life. Well, how are you going to smell that coffee? How much attention would you give to the experience of the scent of coffee? 
You're definitely going to take the time to savor it more. When you sip it, you're going to really be intentional with how it tastes, how it goes down your throat, how it makes you feel, the smell. You're going to savor the smell. And while you're doing all this, you're curating memories that are going to be there for a lifelong because you already know that it's your last time drinking that coffee. Yes, yes. It's such an immersive experience to have that coffee as though it was the very last one you would ever have. Now, we can do that with a coffee. We can do it when we're walking down the street and we're seeing a tree. That Imagine, I'll never see a tree again for some reason. What if, what if this was my last experience of ever seeing branches, bark? leaves little bursts like this of being supremely present and appreciative they instill in us a deep gratitude for the world as it is we can do it with people when we see the people we love even when we see the people we don't love (laughs) And, and this is this is the funny thing this experience It actually makes everything rich, even mundane, ordinary, uh, the small stuff of life. If we do it with a sense, actually, this is the very last time that I will ever buy anything in this supermarket. It's the last time I'll walk down this aisle, the very last time. I'll never have another opportunity again to be in a supermarket. This is it. It brings you bang into the present moment and it helps you to savor deeply this doesn't just feel good these experiences staying with pleasure actually helps rewire your brain when we stay with pleasure and it's intense that intensity and the duration helps reinforce those neural circuits of feeling appreciative and feeling gratitude And that's not just nice, it actually helps shift us into a more empowered, emboldened state. So that's the the practice that I'd like to share with people. Just once or twice in a day, do something as though it was for the very last time. That's a great example to leave our listeners as well as viewers with, because it really conditions you to really be present in the moment and be at one and be still. Yes, it does. And you ask where people can find me. The best place to find me is at my website. It's uh, ericwinters.com.au. And On my website, on the very front page, you can download the first part of my book uh, for free. And you don't need to read everything that you download. You'll know within just reading one page and start with the acknowledgements. The book really begins in the acknowledgements. You'll know within one page whether this is a book you, you want to read, whether you like my style of writing. It's pretty direct. I, as I say, it's not much fluff in the book. I get to the point quite quickly it's a small book takes a couple of hours and i you can buy the book from amazon if you're in australia and hopefully you have you'll be getting more australian 
viewers and listeners of this called Genesis, Australian uh, people, Australian residents can get a copy directly from the website. But I, the postage is just exorbitant for posting to the US. So Amazon and online booksellers is the way to go. And I speak to organizations that can see the talks I give uh, on the website. And that is amazing. Oh my gosh. For you listeners, as well as viewers who were just absorbed in this chat with finding your courage with Eric Winters, I want you to make sure you go to his website, get a copy of his book and really plug in because he is definitely a man on a mission. He loves talking to other people and educating people so they can move from their current situation to a better experience so they can live their life by being fit for purpose. And if you haven't looked at your life in a holistic approach, I challenge you to do so today. Don't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow may not come. Do what you can today to be a better version of you and make sure you're getting enough sleep. Make sure you're moving and make sure you are eating right because you become what you eat and you definitely don't want your life to pass you by before your time. And remember, dreams do end up in the graveyard if you don't allow yourself to be courageous and bold to walk out your destiny assignment, purpose, and calling today. So be present, be you, be authentic, and thrive. You've heard it here on Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp, and my guest was Eric Winters all the way from Australia. So make sure you read the show notes. All of his contact information will be listed. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp and hit that notification icon so you do not miss another awesome conversation. Until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Genesis. My pleasure. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>